the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. I'm Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, the 93.9 KPDQ network. AM 860, The Answer, KPAM. AM 1640, The Patriot. 93.1 LRA and 104.1 The Fish. And I'd love it if you emailed me at Mike Lee at kpdq.com so we can meet and talk about things like how to become an authority and expand the reach of your ministry or business, both on the air and from our state-of-the-art digital and online resources through Salem Surround, what it takes to qualify for maybe hosting your very own radio program, how you can host one of our station's events and bring people to your church or business at no risk to you, and how your ministry or business can even have presence at our concerts and our events, like Girls' Night Out with the ladies of 93.9 KPDQ and 104.1 The Fish and Revive Ministries, where you can laugh, receive an encouraging message, and leave feeling refreshed because, ladies, you are worth it. It'll be 7 p.m. Saturday, November 9th at the Northwest Christian Church's Tigard Campus, and that was formerly known as Tigard Christian Church. Here to tell us all about the event, we have the co-founders of Revive Ministries, Melissa Campbell, and our very own Summer Shore from our radio station. So welcome, Summer and Melissa. How are you today? Good. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having us. We're doing great. Always good to have you here. In fact, the last time we interviewed, believe it or not, was all the way back in November of 2017. And a lot's happened since then. So, Melissa, would you like to tell us about things including following Experience Revival on Instagram and Facebook? And, of course, checking out your beautiful website, experiencerevival.com, to which you've added something new. You're doing some podcasting now. So how's that going, Melissa? Yeah, we have um, a new podcast called Experience Revival Podcast, which you can find on iTunes Podcast and Google Play. And we just sit around talking together about Mm -hmm. life and really helping um, one another discover how we can see life through an eternal perspective and grow a little more in in relationship to Christ. Mm -hmm. So while we're excited about the event, uh, Summer, could you tell us are you enjoying the podcast experience? Are you oh, having fun with this? <laughs> yes. You're very. not shy in person or on the mic. No, shy has never really been in my repertoire, but <laughs> no, the podcast has been really fun. Um, you know, revive means to refresh or to renew and to bring new energy to. And so that's really our aim with the podcast is to to help people just really feel revived by recognizing their identity in Christ. And so to be able to speak um, with my best friend and talk about life and, and how that plays out in everyday circumstances, it's just a real blessing and it's it's a treat. It's really fun to get to do. Well, we certainly want to go over the experience of your friendship and how you got Revive Ministries off the ground and what got, led you to do. Mm-hmm. But can you give me your elevator pitch on what exactly is Girls' Night Out coming up on November 9th? So Girls' Night Out is going to be um, just a time of laughter and refreshment. Um, we really want people to just come as they are 
and kick off their shoes, have a great time, and just relax and enjoy. Um, we're going to start out with some appetizers, and we've got this awesome photo booth with this cool like decorations and props so you can get your you know photo booth selfie going. And um, it's going to be just a fun time to really hang out with the girlfriends. Um, we've got some really funny and encouraging stories to share with Kara Deal. She's one of our um, uh, one of our team members here at Revive Ministries. Um, and so she's going to do some storytelling and I'm going to get to come and share a message that'll be uplifting and, and encouraging and hopefully really leave people feeling refreshed and inspired. And what is your target age group that you're going after for this girls' night out, Melissa? Really, anyone, you know, high school and above can really enjoy this night, um, benefit from learning about how they're worth in Christ. I would say probably, you know, upper junior high on up. We're going to be talking about some pretty serious um, pieces of identity in Christ. And one of those is how we shake off shame and looking at some of the sources of shame. And that can be a pretty um, serious topic. We're not going to set up camp there and bog everybody down. But but it probably is something that a slightly older audience, um, you know, upper junior high to high school would probably be the lower lower limit so they can really get the most out of it and enjoy. Um, but then on up to bring your great grandma. <laughs> so what's the big picture? Can you give us your elevator pitch of what is Revive Ministries? So yeah, Revive Ministries is a it's a nonprofit women's ministry based here in Portland, and it's dedicated to helping women find their passion, purpose, and power in Christ. Um, we've experienced in our life and really believe with all of our hearts that when you recognize and esteem yourself the way that Christ does, it changes everything, the lens through which you see yourself, your relationships, and really how you navigate the world. And so our our passion is to help women go through that journey from really understanding and experiencing God's love for us and how that translates into a deeper love for God, um, finding and experiencing and using their gifts for the Lord and, and some of the things that they're passionate about, um, and then also being empowered by the Holy Spirit, because we can't do this on our own. Um, we're not strong enough to, to love ourselves the way God loves us or to step out in faith and be bold when we need to be. Um, and so the Holy Spirit really gives us that, that power and that strength and that boldness to, to step out in faith. So, Melissa Campbell, when did you and your dear friend Summer Shore decide that you wanted to prayerfully consider starting a ministry together? Right. Well, it's really a dream that was placed in our hearts um, many moons ago, (laughs) Um, way back when we were um, just probably a few years out of college. Mm -hmm. And um, but the timing wasn't quite right then. And about 2016 was when God really brought it to fruition and said, this is the time. And it was something that all the right pieces came into play and just timing wise resources and um we would prayerfully be able to start this ministry together and it's really been on our heart ever since then to be able to help women be able to see themselves through the lens that God sees them and not through maybe the circumstances of their past or current circumstances not through maybe the roles that they have but really see themselves as God sees them and value themselves that way love it love 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 it so where did you two meet in the first place, Melissa? Uh, we met in college at Oregon State University mm-hmm. um, through the University Christian Center. Um, it's a campus ministry there. And uh, we got to, we became fast friends. Yeah. <laughs> I think we had done a women's Bible study together with the campus minister's wife was probably our first real hang. And then, um, yeah, from there, we just kept in touch. Melissa graduated um, just, I think, a year or two before I did. And so um, but we just kept in touch and and really... Yeah, just stayed fast friends. Our husbands actually were best friends growing up, and they are the ones that introduced me to my husband. Um, so it's just been this really neat thing. Our families have grown together over the years, and and really our lives have just kind of paralleled, and it's 
been that a really fun so ride. That is so sweet. So wait a second. So Melissa, your husband was best friends with Jake Shore from yes. childhood? From middle school. Yeah, yeah oh, sixth grade. So, so where did where did they grow up? Uh, Portland and Salem um, area. They both went to, I think, Cascade High School. And yeah. And uh, yeah, so they stayed friends all the way through. And and uh, I met Jason, Melissa's husband, also at the University Christian Center. So we were all kind of friends at the same time, even before they were a couple. Um, and then after they graduated, uh, we all stayed in touch. And then, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> so ha- having a great group to hang out with, Summer, did you have any inkling that maybe, just maybe, Jason might be a good candidate for Melissa, your pal? You know, it was funny because I think we all were in the same social circle, but none of us were really like romantically inclined at the time because we were just kind of all doing our own thing. But then once they did get together, it was like they're just cookie cut for one another. It made so much sense to see Jason and Melissa just fall in love and have this wonderful marriage. And um, it's just been neat to to get to raise our families together and to support one another in, in ministry and in family and in friendship. It's been a real blessing. One of the things that you bring up with Revive Ministries frequently is the word identity. So, Mm -hmm. Melissa, is it easy to find your identity when you're away at college or delving into friendships or perhaps romantic relationships? That's all really easy, right? No. (laughs) I think that is definitely a time where we're searching for who we are. We're really Mm -hmm. trying to solidify that during that time in our life. And I think we still do, even as adults try to search for who are we. It's so easy to place our identity in the things that we do or the things that happen to us or our circumstances and see ourselves through those lenses. Um, But what we've found is that as we do that, we tend to make our decisions based off of those ways that we see ourselves. And if we're not seeing ourselves through the right lens, through the identity that we have in Christ that doesn't change, um, you know, our decisions can sometimes not go the way that maybe they should. (laughs) We're speaking with Melissa Campbell and Summer Shore. They are the co-founders of Revive Ministries. Don't miss Girls' Night Out with Revive Ministries and the ladies of 93.9 KPDQ and 104.1 The Fish. Come on out and laugh, receive an encouraging message, and leave feeling refreshed because you are worth it. Saturday, November 9th, it starts at 7 p.m. at the Tigard campus of Northwest Christian Church, and that location is formerly known as Tigard Christian Church. All of the details are at kpdq.com. More with Melissa Campbell and Summer Shore of Revive Ministries next. You're listening to The Georgine Wright Show. You're listening to The Georgine Wright Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome back to The Georgine Wright Show. So Melissa Campbell, Summer Shore of Revive Ministries. Got a question for you, and I don't think it's going to have the easiest of answers because I'm still trying to figure this out myself. Mm-hmm. So not too long ago, I got to interview Al Egg, who for more than 35 years was the chaplain of the Portland Trailblazers. And what was neat about Al was he wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a chaplain. He didn't go to theology school. He doesn't have an MDiv. But he was obedient to God when God called him out of his normal career in industry and became a chaplain for the Blazers. And all these years later, these teams, sports teams, college teams, they all have some kind of a chaplain. And I firmly believe God used Al Egg to get that ball rolling. Hmm. But he was a bit of a, a, no pun intended, a trailblazer because he wasn't (laughs) following anybody. So my question for you ladies is this. Uh, Al said, you could have a nice enough life as a Christ follower and do your own thing. And God can use that. But what's more important is to follow God's calling for your life. And that really bothered me. It made me think. Mm -hmm. For a while, I used to play a lot of volleyball. Therefore, I started the volleyball ministry at my church, or I took it over because it made sense to. Mm -hmm. 
I fell in love with radio in college. Therefore, it made sense for me to want to end up in Christian radio. But I can't honestly 100% tell you that God called me to do what I'm doing and be where I am, which is not to make you want to micromanage every move you make, because that'll just paralyze you. But my question for you, Melissa and Summers, how do you know what God's calling for your life is? So I love the word calling in and of itself. Um, It's derived from the Greek kaleo, which means divine invitation. And I think there's so much more freedom in that, right? A lot of times when we think of calling, we think of the one thing that I'm supposed to do with my life forever and ever. Amen. And we have different seasons in life where that calling, that divine invitation might look different. So when I had little toddlers at home, my calling, my divine invitation to join God where he was working looked different than it does now that my kids are a little bit older. Um, So I think, you know, we are given unique gifts. We are all created um, really to point people toward Christ and to be in relationship with others and with Jesus. And so our divine invitation is going to change. And it really takes um, being in community. Um, really having people that have your best interest at heart that know you and can speak wisdom to you, um, and then really time spent in God's Word and in prayer so that you have that Holy Spirit guiding you, um, because it really does take some some divine guidance to really land and to know and trust that, yes, this is the invitation that I'm responding to. I'm being called in this direction during this season. Well, I think some of those callings are, like you said, they make sense, and I think they can still be callings because God has shaped someone in that way so they can step into that role like radio. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think some of our callings are things that we would have never even dreamt up ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I don't know that if someone had told me I was going to go off and go church planting that I would have known that, you know? And God really had changed my heart to want that at that Mm. time, you know, before that I was kind of freaked out, like, "Ah, what are you talking about? I don't know if I can just quit our job, sell our house, move to Texas and like go church planning. But I think when God calls you to something that maybe seems a little out of the blue, he helps your heart come along the way Mm -hmm. and helps you be okay with it and want that thing eventually. And that's kind of that divine um, confirmation I see. Um, I always had an inkling that God would want me to be a speaker and speak into crowds, but it's never something I really wanted to do. <laughs> and um, our first retreat, I really had an opportunity to stand up and do two talks about um, finding our identity in Christ. And and it was something that I did out of obedience. I mean, I was terrified. I didn't think of myself as a speaker or even really have this like dream of being a speaker. But God really enabled me and called me to that. And I realized through that time that it was really just stepping out in faith and saying, God, if you've called me to this, then you'll provide everything I need. And he Mm -hmm. did. And he can use whatever we have to offer to him. And so I think it's, like Summer said, it's really just paying attention to where God is at and being willing to to be used by him. Mm -hmm. So Summer, Melissa, have either of you ever had just a thought, a passing thought, maybe it was a seed being planted of a future calling? that didn't come to fruition until many, many years later? I think we're living it now. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, Revive Ministries is that thing. We, um, My even just spiritual journey to getting to where I am now started 10 years ago, um, and it was with a single word. Um, someone told me that the meaning of my name was ordained, and boy, that sent me in a spiral. I had goosebumps. I was like, yes, ordained, but for what? <laughs> You know, and that was something that really hasn't been answered until just now. And as we're stepping out in faith and seeing all the pieces fall into place with Revive, we're seeing those seeds that God planted when we were in college just now coming to fruition in our ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are these things often to the point where God's taken us out of our comfort zone because then it must be him because it's not because 
Melissa, you've always loved to be a public speaker because, if anything, you didn't want to go there, but you're being obedient to him. Do you think God takes us out of our comfort zone so that when good things happen through us and when we shine, it's got to be him because it's not our strength? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think it's it's the moments when we're like, oh, boy, I hope something works out with this because I felt like that was a mess that the Holy Spirit turns it into something beautiful. And then we hear about this impact that it had later. You know, it's it's a lot of times us stepping out and trusting that the ground is going to be there to meet us when we step. Um, it's definitely out of our comfort zone to do, you know, some of the things that we're doing. Um, but God's been really faithful, not only to bless the effort and to use our weaknesses, um, but he also, I think, has given us a real passion for some of the things we didn't anticipate being passionate about, like speaking or, um, you know, other other things that we're doing. Before you two had each other, Melissa, did you have any of those quality friends, not just hangout buddies to go to events with or enjoy company, but those deep types that you could fully bear your soul to and not worry about how she would react? I think over the years, I've God has brought um, at least one or two friends that are really close. I've always been kind of the person that has a couple really close and deep friends. I know everyone has differences where they like a lot of friends or just a couple close friends. And um, but it is a struggle. I find that a lot of us struggle to find that a person or two in our lives that we can f- be completely ourselves with and be vulnerable with. And it's not an easy thing to find. And and it takes a lot of just putting ourselves out there and being willing to be vulnerable with another person. And a lot of times when I new- meet new people, I just have to tell myself, you know, to just act like they're already my friend, because I think we're all afraid of making friends and what the other person's going to think. And we all think the other person doesn't want to be our friend, I think. Mm-hmm. And so we're all in that place that we want that companionship, that friendship, that place where we can be safe and just be loved for who we are. And so I would just encourage everyone to just be bold and and step out and just reach out to the other person because they're probably doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know there was a time in my life I really um, was needing a mentor. I needed someone who was several years ahead of, in, of me in the journey. And um, I worked up the nerve one day to approach uh, one of the grandmother types in my church and we had never really had much of a conversation. I'd known her forever, but we weren't very close. And I just said, can I come over for lunch and you can maybe mentor me? And I had no I had no idea what that even meant, just that this was, I needed this influence in my life. And and so for the better part of my college career, every Friday I went over to Linda's house and we had ham sandwiches and talked about life and we watched old classic movies. And, you know, it was her house that I went to when I had boy drama and I needed someone to talk to. And and um, it just was a really wonderful, beautiful relationship that blossomed from just what Melissa was saying, from being bold and just kind of putting it all out there on the line. Okay, this is what I need. I need a friend. Um, you know, will you be that person? And can we try this? And it, it was wonderful. I love that summer. And you know what? Linda having more years under the belt, Mm -hmm. was in a position to mentor you better than, say, one of your late teenage peers. So what stood out about Linda that made you say, this woman has something I need. I want to make a a relationship with her. That's a great question because I really had kind of stood back and observed for a while. And because I'd known her for a long time, I had seen her live her life. And what I saw was someone who was assured in her faith And she was confident in who she was. And those were things that I felt like were weaknesses of mine at the time. I really wanted to be more confident and I wanted to be more self-assured in my faith and who I was. And so um, I kind of looked for the person that had what I was lacking and I just went for it. 
And it was a wonderful influence that she had over my life and just a real blessing. So Melissa Campbell, hearing some wonderful stories and testimonies today makes me want to ask you, how do you want to be a mentor to others? Um, I really want to help just point others to God and help them see, um, I guess, one of my favorite mentors told me, you know, not to ask what is God's will for my life, which is something we tend to focus on, like God help me here, but rather how can my life contribute to God's will? And that is something that I try to instill in the people that I mentor, um, in my children, in um, in other women around me that point them to God and help them gain, gain awareness of God's presence and where he's working rather than seeing it as God, hey, I'm going through this, you know, help me here, which is okay to do, but really like shifting our perspective to God, how can I be part of what you're doing? Because I really find that the greatest joy comes from our awareness of him around us and how he's working and just participating in that. I mean, the thrill of just seeing him at work. And so that's how I tend to focus on um, my relationships with other women. How can I contribute more to God's will? Thank you for sharing that with me here today, mm-hmm. Melissa Campbell and Summer Shore, the co-founders of Revive Ministries. When we return, more with Summer Shore and Melissa Campbell about Revive Ministries, life, and more. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Mike Lee here with Melissa Campbell and Summer Shore, the co-founders of Revive Ministries. And make sure that you join them Saturday, November 9th at Northwest Christian Church in Tigard. That's the Tigard campus, formerly known as Tigard Christian Church, for Girls' Night Out. So, Melissa, what exactly is the heart of Revive Ministries? The heart of Revive Ministries is to help women find their passion and their purpose and their power in Christ as they learn who they are in Christ and how God sees them. And um, it's really just a message of freedom and hope that we don't have to place our identity in the things that we do in in our circumstances or our roles, but we can place our identity in who God says we are, which is something that doesn't change and really affects every area of our lives. And it really gives us a sense of purpose and significance that I think all of us are longing for. We all want a sense of feeling like we're significant in this world and that we ha- can make a difference. Mm-hmm. So here you are today. So... What are your thoughts on that, Summer? On the Heart of Revive Ministries? Mm-hmm. Um, it really has stemmed, I think, a lot from our own searching for that identity in Christ as we've grown and, and developed some of the gifts that God's given us and learned how to use those to make a difference in our communities and in our families. Um, it's really been a blessing to kind of walk alongside other women and show them that there is a God who loves them more than they can imagine. Right. Um, and to see that land on them, to see them actually start to experience where it goes from their head, I know God loves me, to their heart, I'm experiencing God's love. Um, it's a it's a beautiful and miraculous thing to see someone really start to experience God's love. Um, and it does. It changes the decisions they make. So they're going to make healthier relationship choices. They're going to be less likely to get themselves in situations where they are in over their head um, and under some really negative influences. They're more likely to be confident and self-assured of who they are because they're seeing themselves as God sees them. So I love the fact that not only are your best friends and your husbands are best friends and your kids are virtual cousins to each (laughs) other, but the fact that what you're doing is impacting people's lives. And we know a lot about you from being on the air on our various mm-hmm. stations over the years, Summer, but I just want to share some of your bio, being a worship mm-hmm. minister and public speaker for many, many years, studying with the Gospel Music Association and Zoe Group, 
We love the fact that you're a singer and a worship leader yourself. <laughs> you love that, don't you? I love it. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> so what songs on your heart lately that's, that's really causing your heart to soar? Oh, what do you love? I love, um, there's one called Mercy, and I think it's by Bethel. I don't quote me on that. Um, but the bridge kind of says, so I will awake and spend my days loving the one who raised me up from death to life, from wrong to right. You're making all things beautiful. And it just builds. And I'm like on I-5 driving to work, just singing my heart out to that song. <laughs> How about you, Melissa? Are you musical at all? I am not musical, but I love music. <laughs> I love to sing in my car when no one can hear me. And uh, yeah, I, I really relate. There's something, just the emotion that connects to songs that is very powerful. Well, that's for sure. So what did you major in at Oregon State, Melissa? I, I majored in business administration. And when did you decide to get your Master's of Theology from the Austin Graduate School of Theology? And how was that for you? Was that a, a tough experience? That Were you was, married or did you have any kids at the time? Right. That was a great experience. Um, I got to go do that experience with my husband. We had been married about two years when we left to go to Austin, Texas. And we decided to both go to seminary because we were planning on doing some church planting back in the Northwest and wanted to go get prepared. <laughs> so we spent two years there um, doing ministry at a small local church just about out or outside of Austin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a great experience. A time of bonding because we pretty much did everything together during that time. Went to school together. We worked in ministry together. It was one of those make or break, you know, early in, the, in your um, marriage, kind of like, if we can survive being together 24-7, then we can survive <laughs> anything. <laughs> did you have any other people that you knew in the Austin area, or was it just— you and me against the world for your newly wedded husband. At right. That point. I mean, we, we made friends fast, but we didn't know anyone in the area. It was kind of a great, let's go experience this adventure. Um, coming from the Northwest, Texas was kind of like visiting another country to us because <laughs> the South is very different culturally. It was so fun to learn the food, the culture, um, but the church there and the, the school really embraced us. And it was great to be able just to eat in their homes and they invite us over after church and just really get to experience all there was to experience there. So as a result, do you find yourself as hospitable as some of these other people were to you back in your Austin days, Melissa? Yeah, I Do you think like having I, people over? I do. I do. I liked bringing a little bit of, of the South back, you know, the afternoon tea <laughs> where they just have tea ready for you when you want to just come over, or just being friendly as you see people drive by. But yeah, I do enjoy having people over, having people in our homes. And how does that translate to the events that you host for Revive Ministries? Do you go out of your way to just make every single person feel welcome as they come in the door? We try. We definitely, um, part of what we love to do with events and inviting people in is to make an environment, not just in the program and what they hear, but everything they see, everything they experience, be something that really conveys worth. Mm -hmm. Something that says, we want you here, that you are worth you have so much worth in Christ and that we just love you and that they'll feel the love of Christ in everything that they experience in any of our events. Well, you are real women indeed walking together through real life issues. So <laughs> Summer or Melissa or both of you, do any stories or people stand out in your memories of all the events that you've done over the years as just affirming to why God has called you to this ministry? Yeah. Um, so we do a weekend retreat called Royal Finding Your Identity in Christ. And it was our very first retreat um, with a church uh, locally, and part of um, part of the whole gist of the retreat is really 
taking your identity out of your circumstances and placing it in Christ because Jesus never changes. Our His love for us, his faithfulness, it's steadfast. It doesn't change, whereas our circumstances can change in an instant. Um, and we heard later about a woman who was at that retreat, and the way that we heard about it is she was giving her testimony at her home church about two or three months later. And this is what she said, actually. She said she's always placed her identity in someday being a mom. And after 10 years of trying, she and her husband got the letter from the doctor that that would never happen. They would never be able to have kids. Um, And she found herself really in the middle of an identity crisis. And she had looked for identity in other places, but nothing was really the right fit. Um, And then she goes on to say in her testimony, I went to a women's retreat with Revive Ministries, and it was all about identity. And this is a direct quote. I love this. It was like God threw a rock at my head saying, your identity is in Christ. I'm all you need. And she said it was the beginning of true healing for her. Um, And this is a woman we've never met. Um, We haven't had like face-to-face sit down over coffee conversations. Um, But we have the best seat in the house to what God is doing through these events because he knew what she needed. He knew what she needed to hear and the people she needed to be around. And so we got to be a part of God bringing healing to this woman through an event um, and we we couldn't have planned for it. It was it was God at work in the, in the event and in this woman's life. And it's just wonderful to get to have a front row seat to God at work through these events and to get to hear about this months later. I love it. Thank you, Summer. Yeah. How about for you, Melissa? Does anyone stand out in your mind? Any particular event or story that you may have heard after an event? Well, we also do um, a Bible study, an online Bible study on the same topic called Royal. And through those times, we hear lots of people through our Facebook group just mm-hmm. talking about you know, how they've maybe been disconnected from church, and this is an opportunity for them to really reconnect with community. Um, women who really never had a sense of their belovedness in God. And so through all of these, we're really encouraged to hear people's testimonies through these Facebook groups on our online Bible studies, see how just simple words that we are conveying to them that feel simple to us, but really have this huge impact in the hearts and lives of everyone that actually hears it. And it's a really blessing to us because we see God at work doing things that we never really dreamed we could be possible. There's such a love and humility to both of you that it's awesome to see that that God would use you and your experiences to bless and encourage others. So keep up the good work, sisters, including Girls' Night Out. That's coming up on Saturday, November 9th, starting at 7 p.m. at the Northwest Christian Church Tigard Campus, formerly known as Tigard Christian Church. And for information on Revive Ministries events and Bible studies and podcasts, check out their website, experiencerevival.com. That is experiencerevival.com. Dot com and do follow Experience Revival on Instagram and Facebook. When we return, more with Summer Shore and Melissa Campbell of Revive Ministries on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Thanks so much for joining us on The Georgine Rice Show. Mike Lee here with my pals Summer Shore and Melissa Campbell. They are best friends and co-founders of Revive Ministries. Girls' Night Out is coming on Saturday, November 9th to Northwest Christian Church's Tigard Campus, formerly known as Tigard Christian Church. So, Melissa, i got to ask you, when did you come to know the Lord in the first place? Did you grow up in a Christian church-going family? Um, I didn't grow up um, going to church um, as a kid. It wasn't until high school that my best friend in high school invited me to Young Life, and we started attending there, and that's when on a Young Life retreat out in Malibu, um, let's see, Canada, <laughs> that I gave my life to Christ. And But it was really just, my story is kind of one where it was like pieces of really coming to a place of full 
I guess, surrender to God. That was just the beginning. And um, I went on to college at Oregon State and got involved with the University Christian Center. And But I was still I kind of involved in a lot of other worldly things. I still was learning how to do this Christian thing. And um, kind of my attention was really pulled in several directions. I, I really wanted to follow God, but at the same time, I was doing things and involved in things with, with uh, sororities and events that I probably wouldn't say lined up necessarily <laughs> with, with the Christian walk. And so it was really a struggle back and forth between really just surrendering all of my life to God. And it wasn't really until the end of my college that I really finally had that moment with God that it was like, okay, God, I'm all yours. And um, that really was the turning point in my life. And it was something growing up, I I had uh, my parents divorced when I was really little, and my dad was an alcoholic. And after we stayed in touch kind of here and there over the years, but about the time I was about eight or nine, he um, he just stopped contacting me. And I hadn't heard from him since. And it was a really hard thing at that age to not have that because my identity was really affected. To have someone who was supposed to love you, like, pretty much stop loving you. And and it really left me feeling, you know, all these things like questioning myself and am I lovable and all those things. And so it's really as I found God and it was, I think a lot of people sometimes have an experience like that and either they hear God the Father and they think, I don't want that kind of father because they relate it to their own father or... For me, it was the opposite. It was like, this God, the Father, he will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He will always love me no matter what. Like, I want that. I need that. And so I was able to really grasp onto that and just have that security that really changed the trajectory of my life because I can now find that satisfaction in in having a father that could always love me and that security that that brought me, so much peace. And I think that's really what shaped that for me. So... How is your husband, Jason, as a dad to your girls? Oh, he's amazing. I God has really blessed me with a wonderful husband who has really um, been a great father, especially to, to these girls who he's really able to just invest in their life and be that steady presence for them. I, I'm really grateful for that. That's wonderful. So, Summer Shore, how's it been for you? You know, you, we've been friends for years, mm-hmm. and— I've met various members of your family, right? And it was a church-going family for you. Yeah, so, so I mean, where down the line did you have to own it? So I first owned it for reals um, when I was thirteen, um, and I was at a church camp, and someone said, "What is keeping Christ from shining in your life?" And I knew exactly what it was. It was this rebellious streak that I had been hanging on to. Um, And so that was really, like Melissa said, the beginning of a faith journey. Um, That's when I really said, okay, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. And I chose to be baptized. And and that was the beginning of, you know, decades long of sort of what I call detours, um, where I'd be going along and I'd be following God. And then I would hit a tangent where I would just sort of go off on my own for a while. And the Lord was always faithful to pursue me and bring me gently back and set me back on the right path. And then I'd take another detour and he'd bring me back. And by the time I got to college, um, I really was kind of searching for who I was. Um, I had put my identity in relationships up to that point. And once I started dating, everything about who I was became about who that guy was or what that guy wanted. And so I was a surfer chick for a while. And I I do enjoy the beach, but I'm not really a surfer chick. Do you Um, surf? Badly. (laughs) I was terrible at it. I just learned something new about you. I ended up selling all my gear. 
Um, <laughs> you know, for a while I was totally into grunge music and, and then I was like, you know, the, the model fashionista kind of gal. And, and both of those things were parts of who I was, but not all of who I was. And I was, I was putting my identity in these relationships and missing out on all of me, all of who God had created me to be. And so I had this moment, just like Melissa was saying, where it was like, okay, God, enough of this. It's you and me. Show me who I am in you. And so um, really at that point, I started to learn who God had created me to be, some of the strengths that I had, some of the weaknesses that I had that I needed to surrender to him and have him fix. Um, And it wasn't until I had spent that time with the Lord that I actually met my husband. And one of the, he said, the greatest compliment I ever gave him um, was that I could just be myself around him. I didn't have to change who I was. I didn't have to impress him. I could come just as I was and just hang out with him, and he loved me for who I am. And that was such a gift and such a blessing to be able to to have someone love me the way that Christ loves me for who I am. Love it. So you owe Jason and Melissa for introducing oh, you to big Jake. big time. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> love it. Melissa, Summer, thanks so much for sharing about yourselves and your families and about Revive Ministries. And I hope and pray that God continues to use you as a voice of encouragement for women who need it. Oh, thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for having us on. Hope to see you at Northwest Christian Church's Tigard Campus on Saturday, November 9th. All the details are at kpdq.com, thefishportland.com, and of course at experiencerevival.com. Don't forget to follow Experience Revival on Facebook and Instagram as well. So, Melissa Campbell, Summer Shore, Revive Ministries, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, thanks so much, Mike. Thank you. I'm Mike Lee. Thanks for letting me fill in on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. This is The Georgine Rice Show on 93.9 KPDQ. And filling in for Georgine, I'm Mike Lee, the Director of Local Ministries for 93.9 KPDQ, 93.1 L. Ray, the new KPAM, plus True Talk 800, where I get to host our weekly ministry spotlight program, Difference Makers, Friday and Saturday afternoons at 1, also Saturdays at 1 p.m. right here on 93.9 KPDQ. And I'd love to sit down with you and tell you how to become an authority and expand the reach of your ministry or business, both on the air and from our state-of-the-art digital and online and internet resources through Salem Surround. I'd also love to chat about what it takes to qualify for perhaps hosting your own radio program, how you can host one of our station's events and bring people to your church or business at no risk to you, and how your ministry or business can have presence at our concerts and events. Just email Mike Lee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. And one of the things I love best about my job is being able to connect with brothers and sisters in Christ that I haven't met before. And one of them would be the amazing Pastor Rich Blum of Bethel Community Church in Washougal, Washington. And you're going to love Rich's teaching if you tune into WordWise Sunday mornings at 930 on 93.9 KPDQ-FM. Of late, we've also talked to friends locally, who work with Saturate USA about getting the Jesus film out here. And all of this comes to a head with my new friends, Mike Lauder, Conrad Leichner, and Jan Leichner. And Mike's actually visiting from South Africa. So Jan, Conrad, Mike, how are you today? We're fine. Fine. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Fine. Thanks. Uh, truly a pleasure. It's good to have you aboard while Mike is still in town in the United States. And 
I guess I'll lead off with you, Conrad. How did you bump into Mike Lauder in the first place? It was amazing. We um, were uh, asked to go on a safari with my niece, and uh, we had no idea what God had in store for us. But we went to uh, South Africa and uh, um, met with Mike at the uh, game lodge. Um, uh, it was uh, African Spirit, and uh, went on several uh, um, safaris. We went in the morning and went at night to see the animals. But the most exciting part was at the end, we found out that Mike was <clears throat> wanting to go full-time into the ministry and in uh, with this uh, Jesus film. Jesus, uh, okay, with Jesus film. And uh, it's just the way God works. Um, we prayed about it, and, and then uh, later on, he, he, uh, we came back to the States after the safari, and uh, we uh, just uh, he he contacted us and told us they were in the ministry and and then we uh, while we were there we we told him that we would support him and we uh, did that when we came back to the states we got uh, in touch with Campus Crusade and which is crew in the states and and we um, <clears throat> set up a, a, a support for him on online and uh, and uh, that's just kind of how it went and we just uh, it's wonderful how you met on this trip so jan leichner was this your first time in south africa do you and conrad go on a lot of travels or look at safaris frequently no this was all new to us and we just enjoyed it so much and we enjoyed mike and we had um, a real opportunity of uh, Mike um, introducing us to this missions that he wanted to go into, and and we had a good visit about that. And he explained to us uh, what his his uh, dream was for the Lord in in reaching these people in South Africa, and and um, it just really moved our hearts. Conrad and I had always thought we'd like to really be involved in uh, a mission that was so special like this, and, and it gave us the opportunity to do that. And we are just so thankful that the Lord gave us this opportunity to go on this trip to Africa and, and meeting Mike and his wonderful family. What a neat thing. So let's go to you, Mike. What was your first impression of the Leichners, Mike Lauder? Well, it's um, you always... I take my safari and my guiding seriously because you, you realize that this is a, a bucketless dream coming true. And, and it was the same with them. You, uh, you, could, you could hear and see that this is something that they wanted to do for their whole lives. And um, like they've been watching Tarzan movies and now they're here in the wild. And, and so it was very special for me to be their guide and to try my best to show them as much as I can. And also, uh, what I like to do is brag with my creator's um, handiwork and tell as much as, as on animals and their anatomy and how God created nature and how these things work. So they truly bounced off that and enjoy that. And, and uh, yeah, it was very special. Not just guiding, but there was a, a spiritual link between us because of God. Yeah, so it was very special. So what a neat way for God to 
connect the three of you. Absolutely. Conrad and Jan, have you ever been on any trip like this one? Not like this one. We've been (laughs) to Gettysburg and we've been to New York and and several different places, but nothing was like this. It was just uh, awe-inspiring just to see God's creation and see zebras and giraffes and lions and, and, you know, see them just in, in nature like that. I mean, not, not caged up or anything. It was beautiful. Jan, was there any highlight that stands out in your memory besides meeting Mike and Mike's family? I think it was just the whole trip. It was just amazing, and their family is just so um, sweet and gentle-spirited and, and just— um, and uh, the trips he took us on out in the, you know, um, uh, in the wild, I guess you'd say. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, the, like my husband was saying, the animals and, and just the, there was a drought and it was very uh, uh, dry. And, uh, but it, it still showed all the beauty that, and it was just, a, it was an amazing trip. So we are speaking with Mike Lotter, and he is with Eco Ministry. And the quickest way for us to find out more about it would be on the Facebook page for Eco Ministry, which is spelled E-C-O Ministry. And make sure to check out truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page, because I will provide those links for you, so you don't have to write it down. But once we've had this encounter on this vacation, uh, we find out more about Mike Lotter. So, Mike, tell us about growing up in South Africa. Uh, Mike, yeah, that's uh, something that I don't often talk about. Um, but, yeah, I, I grew up, I uh, was born in 76 um, in a small little country town south of Johannesburg and uh, typically grew up as a, 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 a grew up in apartheid and um, that's how the whole civilization, my parents brought me up, is this is how we got to be. When we return with Jan and Conrad Leichner and with Mike Lotter, we're going to find out more. But for right now, check out the website, jesusfilm.org. That's jesusfilm.org. And when we return, more with Conrad Leichner, Jan Leichner, and with Mike Lotter right here on The Georgine Wright Show. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome back to the Georgine Rice Show. I'm Mike Lee, filling in for Georgine with my very special guest, Mike Lauder. So to educate us, Mike, how is growing up in apartheid versus what our listeners experience yeah. growing up in America? Well, we everything was segregated. Everything was um, uh, different schools. Um, kind of brought up we we were brought up in a cocoon but good schools uh good teachers um yeah so disciplined lives very conservative and um but yeah we 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 were brought up as you the better race and these are our servants and to make a long story short in 2003 i uh, became a reborn christian and realized that i was in religion yeah, I went to church, but didn't know what it was all about. And um, uh, over the years, uh, with Christ transforming me by the power of the Holy Spirit, I just realized that that was not the right way of living. And um, 
yeah, the, the change came. Uh, and uh, in our church, the fellowship that I was in, that I got saved in, uh, there was this uh, lady that was out of my culture. I was Afrikaans or Afrikaner, and she, she was English. And so God, God's got a sense of humor. <laughs> and um, we started uh, dating and got married because uh, God knew uh, why and what he's going to do with us. And yeah, so my question to him was, or I asked him, "You, I'm not good with this choosing a wife thing. And uh, so the answer was that I must marry the lady that loves him the most. And that was my wife. She always uh, picked up girls, brought them to church. Um, and yeah, so we got married uh, in 2006. And um, we've got two children, Megan and Clinton. Megan is 10 and Clinton is uh, 4. And uh, yeah, now at, currently we, uh, we're full-time with Campus Crusade for Christ. And um, we serve under the Jesus Film Project. And we're also then the founders of Eco Ministry. Well, just in a nutshell. <laughs> How has the Jesus film impacted your side of the world, Mike? Well, it's it's very powerful. It's a it's a, the Jesus film is translated in thousand seven hundred languages. So even in our country, in the different areas, we've got eleven f- official languages in our country. So we're using the Jesus film in different languages in our country to share the story of Jesus, as well as disciple people and help them with foundational teachings. So it's a very, very powerful tool to break down these language barriers and to get the message across because it's biblical dramatization. And um, so the Bible, the Word of God is alive and true and it's powerful and it's audio and it's visual. So it's a powerful tool, especially with people that's not exposed to the digital world. Um, So stories in Africa is very powerful. And people that that does not have exposure to the digital modern technology, they remember a story much easier than us. So by showing him the, the story of Jesus Christ, there's something very powerful in it. And people are getting safe worldwide currently through the Jesus Film Project. 80 people are coming to Christ per minute because of the Jesus film. We plant worldwide 1,184 churches per day through the Jesus film strategy. So a very, very powerful tool and very effective in South Africa. So I grew up in a good church going home, 70s and 80s. And back then, the underlying message we received was, don't go into the arts because bad people are there. Don't go into media because bad people are there. So here we are today, and there is a serious uh, lack of having enough Christ followers in the media, in the arts. And yet those who put together the Jesus film in a non-denominational way have just gotten the salvation message of the gospel of Christ out there. So whether it's here in the United States through our friends at, say, Saturate USA and trying to get the DVD out to as many households surrounding local churches as possible, or 
out in other parts of the world where this film was translated into how many different languages did you say, well, Mike? Over 1,700. That's wild. Yeah. And, and I'm shocked to find out that South Africa has 11 different yeah. languages <laughs> officially. That's... How on earth do you get anything done or, or have commerce or yeah. safe driving? Yeah, well, That's wild. Yeah. Most, most of all the signs are in, in English. Um, but as you go into regions and zones, people speak different languages. Yeah. So when we return with Jan and Conrad Leichner and with Mike Lauder, we're going to find out more. But for right now, check out the website JesusFilm.org. That's JesusFilm.org. And when we return, more with Conrad Leichner, Jan Leichner, and with Mike Lauder right here on The Georgine Wright Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Well, hello. It's Mike Lee here, pinch hitting for Georgine Rice from Oregon. Not too far away, we have Conrad and Jan Leichner, who are world travelers now. And that's where they met our friend Mike Lotter, who is with Eco Ministry. Do check out the Facebook page of Eco Ministry, spelled E C O Ministry. And Jan, you were telling me on this trip to South Africa, where God arranged it for you and your husband to meet Mike Lauder, that you were especially touched at a school situation. So what happened there for you, Jan? Um, Well, Mike um, asked if we'd like to go visit this small school for uh, young, they're very young children. And uh, on the way, we stopped. And Mike picked up some supplies that he was giving to the school, and we stopped at this little town. And uh, from there, we went on to the school, and uh, it was just a wonderful experience because the school had a gate around it, the small, small school, and these children were so sweet and excited to see him. And uh, he brought his, his supplies, and we bought candy for the kids. And so uh, the kids were just had their hands out for the candy. They loved it. <laughs> and uh, uh, so we got to, to interact with the children and talk with them. And uh, then uh, there, we were told that their swing was broken. So um, our nephews, we went on this trip with our niece Jody and her two boys. And so the boys said they'd go out and fix the swing. So they went out and fixed the swing, and then Uncle Conrad went out and tested it by swinging in this <laughs> and this swing. I forgot that. And uh, yeah, we we got some really cute pictures of it. But uh, uh, it it was just such a highlight, and we have uh, this picture of all the children and uh, the teachers, the two young women that were there at the time. And Mike and ourselves, a group picture, and, and uh, it's very special to us. So that was really one of the many, many highlights that we had on our trip. It sounds like it's filled with lifelong memories, not only for you two, Jan and Conrad, but for your, was it your niece? Our niece, yeah. Jody and her Jody. two boys, yes, yeah. Jake and Bailey. So how, and how old are the boys? The, well, the boys now are, um, oh, you caught me off guard. Um, oh, roughly. We're talking teenagers. Oh, okay. One's yes. One's a junior in high school. That's Jakey. We, oh, Jake. 
<laughs> he wouldn't like me calling him Jakey. Jake. And then Bailey is the oldest. And Bailey is 21. That must have been some trip. So do you have any other memories you'd like to share about it, Conrad, in addition to how you met Mike? Well, just the school was just a little building and no electricity, no no anything. It was out kind of in the middle of a, a Zulu area, you know. And Oh, and it was just – it was – just a wonderful experience, but then on the way there, one time he he um, stopped at this little hut, and it was all fenced up, and it was a nice kind of a little house, but uh, uh, with a fence all around it. And he got out of the car and walked up to the fence, and this uh, zoodle gentleman came out and he handed him a Bible, and and uh, uh, he said it was for his daughter. And uh, that was that was really something. And I took a picture of it, and we have that picture of him doing that. But. So despite the fact that you come from different parts of the globe, it really seems like God wove you two together on oh, yeah. this trip. I'm so happy to hear that. It's amazing. So at the time, Mike, uh, you had mentioned that you had become a Christian in what year was this now? Uh, 2003. And the neat thing about your testimonial is everybody's testimonial on how they came to know the salvation and the grace of Jesus Christ. Every story is good. But yours I'm curious about, Mike, because you didn't grow up in adversity or poverty. It was a relatively comfortable existence in South Africa. You were were in the softer part of society where you grew up, and yet— it still wasn't enough. Some no. something deep in your heart told you there's got to be more to this yeah. life. Because at first you don't know what's right and what's wrong. You don't. You just you, you don't know better. You don't have any point of reference. But later on, you realize that my good education cost somebody else a good education. My security, my comfort zone, cost somebody else a comfort zone. And then you start understanding other people's anger. Because their rights have been taken away. I had a right, but my right cost somebody else a right. And as I got closer to God, by just spending time in the Bible, and, and you, you're reading how Jesus spoke to God, let them be one as we are one. And, and that God is, God is honored by diversity. He's honored by different skin colors and different cultures. Then you realize, but where I came from wasn't right. And then you just you can't help to, to start change and transform and want to help others. So, yeah, that's, it's only something that I think you can realize if you have Christ in your heart. Yeah. So, Mike Lauder, growing up in South Africa, when was your first encounter with Jesus? Did you grow up with a Bible in your house? Did your yeah. family go to church regularly, whether oh, yeah. it was spiritually or yeah. culturally or traditionally? yeah. yeah. Very, very religious. Went to was involved in everything that the church offer, but unfortunately, um, the style or the the culture is one of you are you're born a Christian, and uh, if you go to Sunday school and you get your stamps of each year, um, that makes you a Christian. But um, when I got a re- when I became a reborn Christian, it was a foreigner. Uh, our pastor came from Holland, so he's a foreigner with a different English accent. And he gave me the gospel in such a way 
that I looked back to my own culture and saw something was missing, and that's Jesus Christ. And although I was in church, and although I was, I went to Sunday school and youth, that I was not on my way to heaven. And I had to invite Jesus into my heart and repent. And uh, that's when my life started. That's when things started to make sense. And things went in a direction that was life-changing for me. So, yeah. <laughs> I love hearing people's testimonies and how God brings people together with Him as the common thread. People who grew up in different parts of the world, people who yeah. look different from each other and speak yeah. different languages, Absolutely. of all things. So, you mentioned that you'd met your wife, Natasha, yeah. at church. Yeah, yeah. And the, the neat thing about that is neither one of you was going to church to try to meet a future spouse. No, so, no. do you remember the first time you laid eyes on her, and what was your first impression of Natasha when you'd seen her? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> My first impression was that this she was just a lady in church, a girl in church, because I— it's embarrassing, but I followed another girl to church. She got this other lady girl got me in church, and that's when God got me. <laughs> and she left church, and then I said to God, "You know, help me, choose for me." And Natasha was the one. And yeah, we we would go together on outreaches, uh, evangelizing Saturday mornings, and she will be there. And so that's, that's, that's when it makes sense to me that you've got to choose a wife that really takes God seriously. And she, she always did the slides. Those days we had the, the transparent slides with the light projector, and I played the drums. So we would always be there before church, and I would always see her. And, yeah, when, when you look at somebody through the eyes of God with God's help, then things look differently. And uh, yeah, it just, we clicked. <laughs> when we return with Jan and Conrad Leichner and with Mike Lauder, we're going to find out more. But for right now, check out the website jesusfilm.org. That's jesusfilm.org. And when we return, more with Conrad Leichner, Jan Leichner, and with Mike Lauder right here on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome back to the Georgine Rice Show. I'm Mike Lee filling in for Georgine with my very special guest, Mike Lauder. It's funny how growing up in the soft suburbs, as I did, you get these impressions in your head when you allow the mainstream media to speak, whether it's through movies yeah. or television shows or, or books or radio. So... Despite that, I eventually came to the realization that there's no one perfect individual for yeah, you. I mean, yeah. even even in the church I grew up in, which wasn't always the deepest, even then I realized that God has a perfect will for my life. However, he also has a permissive will for my life. So it's not like I screw up once and I've blown my entire life and it, mm -hmm. it'll be worthless from then on. So anyway, probably the best relationship advice I'd ever heard of is from a local pastor named Jeremy Schumacher of Good Roots. And Jeremy did not grow up with a strong father figure, but men in the church came around him and his family and surrounded him and, and, and led him in certain ways. And what Jeremy learned was that you should follow God with everything you have. Yes. And then yeah. look to your left and look to your right, right and see who's on the same path. Yeah. 
And then prayerfully consider, well, gee, yes. are, are you putting me in position to get to know this woman? Yeah, I agree. Or this man, if yeah, you're yeah. Uh, a girl, obviously. And that's how he met his wife. So similarly, you ended up at this church. Yeah. And both you and your wife today, Nasha, yes. Natasha, were working in ministry. Yes. So was there a, a gradual swaying of your heart or was there a light bulb moment that you had that made you <laughs> notice natasha in a different sense yeah. did the light come on yeah. from her projector yes. as you were sitting behind <laughs> your drum set um mike well i'm so glad you asked that question because she told me once that she knew me when i just just got saved and she saw how i've started to change and she could see Christ shining through me, and that brought me to a certain level, and I would have never saw her if I wasn't on that level. And, and that's what Christ does is, is he, he changes you, and only when you're at that point, your eyes open, and that's when I saw her. But I would have never seen her if I haven't walked that path with Jesus. Yeah. So it wasn't your flashy drumming skills or your no, manly good looks. No, then, it was then, your walk yeah. with Jesus that made you stand out Thank to God. Natasha and say, she's changing <laughs> yes. and changing for good. Absolutely. So Absolutely. is it common or natural for someone of Natasha's background to marry someone who grew up in South Africa? What is Natasha's background? She's... Um, Funny enough, she was born in Bulawayo in Zimbabwe. Uh, they were uh, they stayed in Zimbabwe. Her her mother is Irish, and her father father is first generation Dutch from Holland. So they are European family. But she grew up as in English English kind of culture, and I grew up very very conservative Afrikaans. And for us to to find a common ground was our relationship with Christ and the church that we were in and nothing else. So that shows that although from very, very different backgrounds, that I, I remember the day, the first time I brought a, uh, an introducer to my mom, my mom pulled me one side and say, my son, is this going to work? She's not one of us. And, but my parents got to, to learn to love her because of who and what she is. And yeah, so it just shows that uh, Christ, in, in Christ, good things happen. <laughs> well, that's for sure. Um, We're talking with Mike Lotter of the Eco Ministry. Do follow him on Facebook. Eco Ministry is spelled E-C-O Ministry. And when we return, we're going to find out more about what Campus Crusade for Christ is doing in South Africa through the Jesus film. And we've talked about the Jesus film frequently on the air, which uh, in a nutshell, what would you describe the Jesus film as, Michael? Well, it's, it's, it's a, a story that gives a good account of Jesus' birth. It's, it's, um, we took um, Bill Bright at this vision to make a film that um, uh, he's the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ 1951, I think. And he had this vision to, to make a film that tells Jesus' story. And he, he used Luke because Luke gives us a good account from, from Christ's birth right to, to the end. And um, so they made the film, and, and, and it was made in such a way that you can translate 
it into other languages. And so Crew or Campus Crusade for Christ Jesus Film has got a team that that's all they do. It's based they're based in Florida, in, in, in Orlando, Florida, travel all over the world and change translate the Jesus film into all these different languages. But out of the Jesus film we also have made other films and continue to make other films. So if you go look on our app on on the, the Jesus film app um, you will find over 240 video clips of of basically the Jesus film breaking breaking up in segments, as well as new films like the Magdalene, which my wife is the the coordinator in South Africa of, uh, the story of Jesus for children. Uh, we've got Walking with Jesus, which is one of our uh, uh, discovery. We call it a discovery discipleship series that we've made into a film. So, yeah, a lot of films, not just the Jesus film anymore. We're expanding into a whole different variety of films that evangelize, but also helps people with foundational teachings and to get that relationship with God going. So, Jan, Conrad, I th- well, thank you so much for bringing Mike Lauder to us today. On the way out, is there anyone you want to say hi to or send a shout out to? Start with you, Conrad. Anyone you want to say hi to? Oh, just all my grandkids and my family. You know, uh, we have 18 grandkids, so he's pretty busy. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah. How about you, Jan? Anyone you would like to send a hello to? I guess. Thank Jody. Yes, we want. Yes, I'd like to thank Jody, our niece, for uh, inviting us on this trip with her to Africa, where we were able to meet our our family, (laughs) (laughs) Mike and Natasha, (laughs) and their kids. It's it's been. Uh, a wonderful experience these last few years of yeah that was Clinton and, and Megan Megan yeah. yeah it's it's been just a wonderful few years of of being able to to share what we have with Mike mm-hmm. and uh, for the work that he's doing for the Lord Amen to that Mike Lauder thank you so much for taking Thanks. time out of your busy schedule to join us here in Portland <laughs> anyone you want to say hi to yeah well. Uh, my wife and my my family, um, Megan and Clinton, and also all the the teams that we've trained, especially Natasha's team teams. I mean, she's trained about twenty eight teams, and um, all the all her disciples, all Eco Ministries disciples. Um, yeah, those are the people that we that's special to me because they they're the ones who implement the strategies to reach people for Christ. So I want to say hi to them. <laughs> so friends, no matter where we are, let's use the resources that God's given us. Use the tools in our tool belt to reach others for Christ. And maybe that's giving someone a bottle of water on a hot day, or maybe that's sharing the Jesus film with them. You can find out more at jesusfilm.org. And I'll make sure that all of the pertinent links to help out Mike Lauder and Eco Ministry are at truetalking100.com on the Difference Makers page. Make sure that you follow Eco Ministry on Facebook. And did you know that any donations that you make to Eco Ministry are tax deductible, aren't they? Yeah, we're a partner with, with Campus Crusade for Christ. So uh, because we're full-time ministries, all donations, we, we don't work with funding. Nothing comes directly to us. It goes to uh, Campus Crusade for Christ and we've got a missionary number that links all donations to our missionary accounts and projects accounts. 
And by the grace of God, we've got a, a missionary account here in, in America that, that falls under crew. So they've got a website called give, uh, crewgive.org. And you just use our missionary number and you'll get to our donation profile. And I'll make sure to link that up on truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. So Jan and Conrad Leichner, thank you so much for coming out and bringing Mike to us today. Well, thank you for having us. (laughs) And Mike Lauder of Eco Ministry, thanks so much for sharing about your vision to spread the gospel. Praise God. Thank you for having us. Truly my pleasure. And thank you for listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ.